come this Friday, exactly one year since Russian troops invaded Ukraine, hoping in a few days to take over. That was then, and today is now. An estimated half of Russia's tanks are destroyed. No certain number, but tens of thousands dead. With a stepped-up offensive for the one-year mark, Britain's Defense Secretary says Vladimir Putin has incurred almost First World War levels of attrition and success rates coming in meters rather than kilometers. Between 80 and 97 percent of the entire Russian army is in Ukraine, hoping for some kind of victory. Ukraine has taken a large toll of death and casualties, too. War always comes at a high price, and the highest price is typically paid by civilians. A new Yale University study estimates a minimum of 6,000 Ukraine children are now held hostage in camps for what's called re-education. Through all of this, Christians need to keep praying, to never forget, to help as we can. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called Give Hope in Ukraine. A year ago this Friday, we'll remember the invasion of a large Eastern European country that was invaded by Russia. The numbers are staggering. Norway's defense chief estimates that over 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers have died or been wounded defending their country. Here's another staggering number. It's reported Russia has seen 180,000 die or wounded in the war. Senior U.S. officials say Russia's numbers are closer to 200,000. At any given point over the last year, nearly 20 million Ukrainians fled their homes. Many have returned to the less-hit parts of the country, but still there are over 8 million Ukrainian refugees spread out in Europe and across the world. We're going back to the beginning, when I was at the border of Ukraine and Poland a year ago. I saw the refugee lines firsthand, spoke to refugees, as they clung to what few earthly goods they could carry away. I want you to hear what it sounded like then, and I want you to hear a portion of a message I gave on the radio then, a message I think we still need to hear today. And then later in the program, we'll be joined by the president to Mission Eurasia, whose organization is on the ground, working with refugees, helping them in the name of Jesus. But now I want you to listen in as I recorded thoughts at the border, speaking with a woman and her sons who had just made it over the border, taking three days to arrive from Kyiv. It's spitting snow and it's freezing here on the Polish side of the border with Ukraine. What's going on is quite interesting as more than a million people have been crossing over these border points just to try and flee. The police are behind me. Uh, They're discouraging you from going into Ukraine. But if you'll notice, there are a lot of people behind me, people behind me that are poles. They have signs that are saying free transportation wherever you want to go, free food. And then on the other side of me, uh, there are tents that have been set up. All you can eat, free food. People who've been on the other side of the border having to wait two and three days before they can get across. They've run out of water. They've run out of food. Some of their cars almost out of fuel. And they finally make it across. 
and here's a hot meal for them. Tell us how long did it take to cross the border? Как долго взяло вам, чтобы пройти вот границу сейчас сюда? На протяжении двух часов. It took us at least probably two hours. So it wasn't days. You made it across in a few hours. Нам было очень тяжело на вагоне было, наверное, человек 500. Мы ехали стоя, сидя, лежа. Train, мой муж, он защищает My father and my husband, you know, all men, they stayed back there to defend our community. My husband, he is, uh, you know, has a military responsibility, and so that's their duty there. They're staying back there defending our city and our country.
an international version recorded in the Netherlands by the music group Salem here on Haven Today and a program called Give Hope in Ukraine. And just before that, you heard some interviews that we had a year ago with Ukrainian refugees fleeing for their lives, and there are still millions displaced, millions without the opportunity to work or provide for their families. And I know you might be thinking, how can I help? The answer is simple. We're partnering again with Mission Eurasia to send boxes of food for families. This organization is the most plugged-in Christian mission group in all of Eastern Europe. I'm asking you to pray boldly and give boldly, just like we did one year ago. Every $50 you send feeds a family of five for a week. Plus, every box comes loaded with God's Word in Ukrainian. How many families can you feed? And remember, not a dime for Haven, and that's been our practice for the last 89 years. How many families will the Lord allow you to feed? Call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can head over to our website now and make your gift there, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'll give you both ways to contact us again in a short while. All you need to do is tell us how much for Ukraine, how much for Haven today, and we'll take it from there. In a moment, the president of Mission Eurasia will join us to give an update on their work. But I want to take a moment to share a message that I gave on this program a year ago when I was there on the border as the war began. I think it's something we all need to hear once more. And it comes with the idea that our prayers need to be bigger and they need to be bolder. We serve a big God. The Lord Jesus has given us access to the throne room of grace, and that means our prayers should be as bold as a child. Have you ever thought about how bold a child can be? We tend to think of children as small and maybe vulnerable, and we would be right, but they are also bold. Only a child would disrupt an entire office meeting to rush in and say, Hi, Daddy. Only a child would wake the king up at 3 a.m. for a glass of water. Children are needy, but they are incredibly bold with how they seek help. Our prayers can be just like that. It reminds me of a story in the Gospel of Mark. Jesus had spent the entire day teaching on the hillside, healing the sick, explaining what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a mustard seed. It starts small but it grows big where birds of all kinds can come and find shelter. The kingdom started small. Just a few people descended from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but it has grown. All sorts of people now find shelter in the good news of Jesus. All sorts of people belong to the kingdom. Just like that mustard seed that grew for all the birds, Jesus taught many parables like this. And after a long day, he was ready to change locations. So remember what they did? They got in the boat, and they were going to go back across the Sea of Galilee. By boat, it would have taken about maybe close to two hours. So they got in, and they set out. But that's when problems started. A storm suddenly came up and began to frighten everyone on board. Well, everyone except Jesus. And isn't that so true for many of us right now? 
the decision to leave Ukraine was heartbreakingly difficult for so many I've met, moms and children's. The husbands, for the most part, can't come out. They have to remain and fight. And yes, they were fleeing war, but it also brings problems. Where are they going to stay? What are they going to eat? The decision to leave was, I would say, a good decision by what's going on right now, but it wasn't easy. The storm set in. But it's here when we see a glimpse into who Jesus is and a glimpse into how important prayer is. Let me read some of this story. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And then he got up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said then to his disciples, Why? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. And remember, they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So it was a furious squall. That's how Mark described the storm beating down on the disciples' boat. But that's also how I would describe what's happening right now in Ukraine. It is a furious squall, a raging storm, and it's brought the Lord's people in Ukraine and even Russia. The disciples felt like they were on the brink, too. They were scared, and I don't really blame them for being scared. Out of the middle of the water, that boat almost sinking, that's a scary thing. But they weren't just afraid. They began to think that Jesus was not really in control that he did not really care for them. That was their prayer. Lord, don't you care? Many of us have prayed that in times of crisis, and Jesus' response is the same. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? If you and I know Jesus, we know the one who rules over all creation. Jesus is reigning even now even with the war in Ukraine. Everything is subject to him and his word. The book of Hebrews reminds us he upholds everything by the word of his power. All it took was Jesus waking up and telling the wind and the waves to be quiet, and the storm subsided. That's all it took. Why? Because Jesus was the one in control, not the storm, not the disciples, He's reigning now, and our prayers can and should be bold prayers because of all that. We can ask him for big, enormous, unthinkable things because he's reigning over our world and he cares for us. Lord God in heaven, turn that army back and send them home. Do your prayers reflect that? As you pray for your family and friends and your own personal needs and for what's happening in Ukraine, for everything that is going on in this world, do you pray with a faith that Jesus is ruling and reigning even now? If you do that, this will radically change the way you pray. It'll turn your prayers into bold praying. 
And we can pray boldly because we know he cares for us. The disciples didn't just think Jesus was out of control. They thought he didn't care about them. But any child who knows their father or their mother loves them is bold in their requests. Prayer that comes from a place of deep faith and deep comfort in God's love. We know Jesus cares for us. But how? Because he came from heaven to live and die in our place. And he rose again. This is how we know he cares. His love led him to stand in the gap for us to bear the weight of our sin and our distrust, and his resurrection tells us he is reigning over death, even now. So we pray boldly, and we ask for the unthinkable, because we know he rules, he cares, and he's made us children of the living God. Our God, Jesus Christ, reigns. Over this moment, In every season, this is your promise, Jesus, you reign, Jesus, you reign. Over the city, over our families, under your covering. Jesus, you reign. Jesus, you reign. And our God reigns. Our God reigns. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Let's Mac Brock and worship together. You reign. A reminder we all need to hear on this Haven Today, a program called Give Hope in Ukraine. And now I want to get an update from the president of Mission Eurasia, Sergei Rakuba. A longtime friend of mine, Sergei, a year ago we were traveling together. There as the war broke out. How have you seen the gospel of Jesus Christ going forward in the midst of this war? Charles, thank you so much. You know, so first, thank you and to all your listeners for uh, your faithful and continued support uh, for all the needs that that war brought onto Ukraine. And I clearly remember the day when we were standing with you at that uh, border checkpoint, you know, when seeing thousands and thousands of families dragging their children, elderly, special needs, family members across the border into a safer, safer place in Poland. It was a cold day, I remember, Charles, and I could mm-hmm. not hold my tears. So you did, you know, drop a few tears too. Mm-hmm. But how these people hopeless, uh, you know, and finding, you know, so possible place. Well, can can they put their little ones into a warmer tent, you know, or get them a blanket? The church this last year just showed that the church is like a shining beacon, you know, of hope in the midst of all the destruction, providing spiritual leadership to the nation. Of course, many families, you know, left, you know, because they were looking for a safer place. But churches are not empty. I've seen churches sandbagged, you know, in Kherson area. And that's about five, seven miles away from the front line where the Mm -hmm. battle continues. But I've seen those churches packed with people from the community. I've seen those people, you know, they are praying together with pastors that decided to stay, stay there at the church and provide spiritual leadership, share hope with people, share the gospel. And all this year, all these long months of war, we've witnessed, you know, how a church continues preaching, but preaching in a more powerful way than even prior to war, preaching through the practical help helping their communities, helping families. Churches are overflowing. Two weeks ago, visited another church in the city of Nikolayo. That's next door to Kherson. And uh, so lots of, uh, of course, you know, citizens left, but still all those who are there, maybe half of the population out of 300,000 people are still there. And Mm. each church, it's like a lighthouse of hope in each of the communities. Mission Eurasia, you know, all those eye care food boxes carried around, delivered to people that need help. But each church I've seen, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like a place where people really, really long on to for, 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 for help. They are giving them shelter. They're helping them with medical needs, mobilizing all possible resources, you know, available to them and partnering with those churches. I'm so grateful that donors like your listeners, Charles, that uh, help Mission Eurasia to provide food and other assistance that these people need. So we are able to minister to those who are in such a, such a, a deep need when the war continues raging in Ukraine. Thanks, Sergey. And now let me ask you if you've joined us on this program. Will you serve with me? Will you pray boldly and give boldly? Mission Eurasia is uniquely placed for such a time as this in Ukraine and neighboring countries 
with all these displaced people, they're connected to hundreds of Bible-believing churches to provide housing for refugees, but the need for food is still overwhelming. Every $50 you send will feed a family of five for a week. How many families can you help feed and become the hands and feet of Jesus? Why don't you give boldly online right now? Go to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Every gift made will be used quickly on the ground where it's needed the most, not a dime for Haven. Every dollar you send for Ukraine goes for Ukraine. And if you also want to send a gift to Haven Ministries as well, we'll make certain your intentions are honored. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Nearly 4,000 years ago, Job asked a question, where is wisdom to be found? Job chapter 28 takes us on a journey, an epic, in search of wisdom. The deep says, it is not in me, it cannot be bought with gold, it cannot be mined from the earth as if it were a commodity to be traded. God alone knows where it is and how to get it. The fear of the Lord. Now that's wisdom for us. A life lived under his eye, in his presence, in reverent awe of what he has done. That's wisdom. And the only way to get it, in the words of Jesus in Matthew 10, take up your cross and follow me. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.